Welcome to Out of the Arts with Beth and Amy. We will help you bridge the gap between an arts career and a career outside the arts industry. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media at Out of the Arts, linked in the show notes. Welcome to Out of the Arts. Today we're going to talk about transitioning from an arts management job out into a new industry. What is that like? What are the questions you should ask yourself? I made that transition and Amy made the transition in a different path. So we're going to talk about some of that as well today. There is an article and discussions out there about the three questions you're going to ask yourself when transitioning between industries. So we're going to talk about them a little bit today, but feel free to go back and reference that if you have more questions about what that really means for you. That might be helpful. So today we're going to talk about it. The first question that you're going to want to ask yourself and kind of where we're going to get started is asking yourself what you love about the work you've been doing. What do I love about it? Are you loving the fact that you get to work with 400 people and everyone's really different? For me, it was putting the puzzle pieces together. For me, it was about understanding that we had 15 layers and we have a deadline and what happens on opening night and please don't have actors going out naked on opening night unless that's part of the script right what is that a thing that happens I'm sure somebody does it I've never done it but fair enough um (laughs) it's not anything I've really ever experienced but it's I'm sure it's out there somewhere it's a big wide world Big world. (laughs) Yeah, so when I was making my transition, I went kind of from performing to admin and management and then into a completely different industry. So I kind of had these stepping stones and I realized along the way that what I carried through from performing all the way through to what I do now is storytelling and sharing ideas. And it doesn't matter whether I'm giving a talk or teaching or if I'm writing a blog post or whatever it may be, I am sharing information and sharing stories and sharing ideas. And that's what carried through for me and what I learned that I loved that broke apart from actually singing and performing to, you know, what I really enjoyed at the core. Which is hard, right? And did you go through a period where you felt like, yes, I know I love singing and performing and I love it because of X reason and then that reason changed? Or did you know when you were singing and performing, did you know you loved being the storyteller and that was something you were going to be able to carry through? I had absolutely no clue when I started. When I was, I started out in music education, and then I realized that maybe the classroom teaching world wasn't for me. So I went down the performing and pedagogy route instead, and I was 19, maybe 20 years old. And I just loved performing. I had, we called it the bug, because it happened a lot. The school I went to was a big music education school, and then tons of people would catch the bug and switch to performance. 
is a thing that happened all the time. So I caught the bug, but I really had no idea what it is about the bug that attracted me to performing. I just knew I loved it and I was pretty good at it. And this is what I wanted to do. And I also knew that as much as I appreciate music education and teaching and have a lot of respect for it, that was not what I wanted to be doing. So I found this other path and that was cool and that was great. And it wasn't until five years later, after I graduated, after I auditioned for grad schools, after I was starting my performance career and going into the city, I live in upstate New York, so the city is New York City. Going into the city <laughs> twice a week on the 6.30 a.m. train to get into the city for coachings, auditions, cattle calls, I mean, a little bit of everything. It wasn't until that started to become exhausting and I fell into something that was a little bit more consistent for me that I realized that storytelling was it. That's awesome. And then once I finally realized that, okay, I can still do something I love and enjoy in a different way, in a different place, then I decided to go back to school. Went back to school. I got another degree in public humanities. So the storytelling for arts, humanities, and nonprofit organizations. And then continued my career in communications from there. But it was a long process. It was not an overnight process. It was literally years of what the heck am I even doing? I'm going to try this and see what happens. Some things worked, some things didn't. But I figured it out eventually. It was like my whole late 20s that I was like, mm, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And that's something that I think is hard. It's hard to think about your life right now and thinking, okay, I want to make this big transition and I'm ready. And then realizing that that doesn't happen overnight and that's okay. That's totally normal. So if you are, if you still have a job, you're working in the arts industry and you're thinking about that transition, maybe you're just doing your, can I call it the basic bitch day job? I love that term. <laughs> I love that term. I don't, your friend who gave it to us is just, I know I love most it. Blessed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So maybe you are just working that basic bitch day job, your, your survival job, and you're looking for a way to not have a survival job, have a job where you're thriving and loving and you are growing and it's not performing arts, which hurts your soul, but it's maybe better for you in some other ways. That's what was the major step for me was trying to acknowledge what are the things that I want out of life, which we don't talk about enough. We don't talk about it enough as humans. We don't talk about it enough as academics. We don't talk about it enough in academia as leaders or as mentors. What do you want out of life? That's okay. So when you can take the thing that you love, performing arts, stage managing, production managing, and continue to find that love, 
through a different lens, you're still doing so many of the same things. You know, whether it's collaborating, a lot of people just love the idea of getting 800 people in a room and seeing what happens. Cool, if that makes you happy, do it to it. If you love the idea that you are in the center of it all and you are the hub for all communication, maybe communications is your route. Finding that thing that you love and being able to carry it with you and own it is really helpful as you transition across different industries or transition through your career. The beauty of it is, especially in today's day and age, we live in a gig economy. We live in an economy that allows for creativity for the most part. So no matter what it is that you love and that you want to bring with you, you can find an outlet to do it. I'm sure you can. Sometimes you know, one path is easier than another. It's probably easier, quote unquote easier, to jump into IT or something a little bit more straightforward where you're still using creativity, but things are a little bit more established. If you're trying to make your way as uh, something or someone very, very unique or offering a very specific set of skills, it's totally possible to do it, but it's going to take some serious hustle. Recognizing what you love and then how you can employ it is it's an open world out there. You can do any, you really can do anything you want, but you have to take in that lifestyle factor, understanding what it is you need to get there and making sure that you're able and willing to put all of that effort in. And maybe part of the hard part, I think for a lot of people is knowing that job titles don't necessarily always tell you what the job is. So when you're looking at jobs, knowing this is the thing I want to carry with me. I want to carry with me storytelling. I want to carry with me the hub of communication. I Whatever that piece is for you, that's what you want to look for within a job. You don't necessarily always look at the titles. Titles are helpful, but they're not going to tell you the whole story. I can tell you where I work at the state of Tennessee project managers are typically an IT function. So you're going to be looking for an IT job as a project manager. And that's not true in every industry. In a lot of other industries, project managers work in a ton of different fields and are considered part of the communications team or part of the training and development team or whatever. So keeping that element with you that you're loving that's also what you're going to be looking for within the jobs that you're researching along the way. And it does take work. Applying for jobs is a job itself. You'll hear that from other people. It's a lot of work. I'm sorry. I don't know that I can, we're going to make that better for you, but I can't fix it for you. And you also need to know what are the things that you're really good at. So when I think about the things that I'm really good at, I always think about my mother calling me, to teach her how to use the computer or the iPad or the iPhone. I don't even have an iPhone anymore. So she calls me and I'm like, mom, I don't have one of those. I don't, I need to look at it. Hold on. 
Linda can give me a call with any of the Apple products if she needs it. Oh my God. Why have I not told her to do that? Yeah. I lo- <laughs> you know how much I love Linda. <laughs> send her to you. Call Amy. So I think about, you know, getting those phone calls and I think about how other people will call me to research things because I love digging into questions. I love when, you know, I started doing Daily Harvest. I wish they would sponsor us. We're not being sponsored. This is just because I love them. So when I started doing Daily Harvest, I'm, I definitely have a budget. I am definitely thinking about how much we spend on groceries. I also have a lot of food issues. So I need things that are healthy for me, things that are not going to try and kill me, and <laughs> which sounds really dramatic, but guys, the struggle, and things that'll be in my budget. So when I started doing that, And now people have asked me questions about it. Well, how expensive is it? How much do you get? What do you like about it or hate about it? I already have all that answered out because I research everything. So when I was transitioning jobs, part of the question is, what are the things I'm good at? You know, yes, I love collaborating and helping people. Cool. What does that mean? And... (laughs) I'm good at researching and I'm good at working with diverse populations. Everyone from my mother, who's a boomer, um, and she will tell you, she is loud and proud. I'm a boomer. Yes, you are, mom. Good job. And (laughs) then you just knew Beth's mom. Like you would, uh, she's just the cutest thing ever. She's really me in 30 years. Yeah. I mean, yep, 100%. You know, it's good to know what you're good at and maybe using other people around you really helps. I know for, with Amy, we, I think everyone in Amy's life goes to her to help proofread everything. I am that hub. If it comes to words, people come to me for words and everything from, I helped a friend who actually, uh, our friend from camp where we met came to me like five years after the last time I spoke to them and just showed up on Facebook one day and was like, Hey, could you help me write a bio for this program? And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm the words person. There's also more than that. And recognizing what people come to you for is sometimes it's hard skills, sometimes it's soft skills, sometimes it's interpersonal skills. Maybe you're a good listener and an intuitive person. This is a skill, believe it or not. It's also like a personality trait, but (laughs) it's an important skill and something to consider when you're looking for a new job. Maybe If you're looking for a new career and you're willing to go back to school or get a certification or something like that, maybe counseling is the way to go if you're a really good listener and a good interpersonal person. Maybe that's an option. Maybe you're the counselor. Maybe you're the wonk. I'm the wonk. People don't just come to me for... I don't know what the wonk is. People, I'm a nerd. People come to me for information too, or to help them figure things out and to get through problems because I'm 
really good at taking information from all different places and all different sources and finding the core and piecing it together and solving the problem. So creative problem solving is one of my strongest skills that I tout all over the place, all over my resume. That's what I do. So when we look at the things that we love, the things that we're really good at, whether we know we're good at them inherently, we know that these are the things we're good at. Or maybe you ask a friend because sometimes you just need another outside perspective. That's okay. As a arts management person, for a lot of people, this road leads to project management because if you are a stage manager or a pro production manager, you are st project managing. That is what you're doing. It, is, it has a different title in different industries, but that is exactly what that work is. So we know that a lot of people will transition that way towards project management. And that's a great field. It is used in so many different places and it is something that I think is accessible as far as training and being able to show linear skills. Mm -hmm. But you also need to know what kind of life you want to lead, right? Like I said earlier, we don't talk about this enough. I will preach it from the top of the mountains, every mountain that I ever come to the top of. I will say, what life do you want? Mm -hmm. And I say that because when you're 20, you don't care if you're home at nights or weekends. When you're, no, who wants to be home? You're out with your friends. You're doing work with your friends. Even at 25 or 30, you're living this life and that's okay. But maybe you get to a point where you have kids and dogs and significant others or your parents get sick and you need to have a job where you can be in one place. Um, maybe you are, <laughs> Amy can talk about that. Definitely. When I was 24, my father was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And this was right about the time that I was starting to realize that performing was exhausting and I wanted something a little bit more stable. I moved home. I was living at home. My brother also moved home because my mother was also chronically ill and had been since I was in middle school. So now we had both of our parents. My father was in chemo. Uh, my mother was constantly going to the doctor, taking 100 billion pills, all of this. And I wanted something where I could be home. I could be home in 15 minutes if there was an emergency and I had an employer who was understanding and I had good benefits. So when in 2013, both of my parents died five weeks apart from each other and I had bereavement leave, I could take care of things and myself, <laughs> this was important. And it wasn't until then, until everything came crashing down around me, but I had this job that was stable and supportive that I realized how important that stability and support was. When I was 22, 23, 
couldn't have cared less. I didn't consider these things because I didn't think I had to. But as these things actually started happening and I needed to take time away from work to take my dad to chemo appointments, to take my mom to doctor's appointments, to make sure that my parents had food and things like that. When you become a caretaker, everything changes. And that was when I started to realize that I valued stability and support more than the excitement of living a bohemian performer life, which is what I valued previous to that when I was 20 years old. You know, so sometimes you learn the hard way what's important to you, but as long as you learn it and you figure it out and you move forward with that, that is really what it comes down to. And I think that there's a lot of people who end up in these kinds of positions. You know, we are not necessarily great in the arts about having things set up in such a way that if someone needs to be gone for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, for whatever reason, that companies still continue. I mean, to some extent, we figure it out because we are going, the show must go on and we will figure it out and things will continue. But it's very hard in most arts organizations to have that happen and to give people that time and freedom that they need. Um, and especially if you are freelancing, if you are doing different contract positions, if you are doing tours, some, some of that just gets harder. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that other industries are 100% better. And I'm glad to hear that the arts, so many people within the arts are starting to recognize this and say, okay, we need to be better at this. I am hearing those conversations and I am freaking here for it because if we can have more stability for the people who are fine working nights, weekends, you know, if that's okay with you and you can do some of the other stuff, then that would be amazing. So being able to take that time is a huge deal. But I mean, the nice thing about other corporate or jobs outside of the arts industry is that even if you are the only person who knows this one document and you're going to be gone for four weeks, they're going to figure it out because you have a company policy that says they'll figure it out. Where in many arts, or arts organizations, that isn't always how that goes. I know one year I was in summer stock and there were rules about when you could leave if somebody died. And so I was in graduate school and the head of my program passed away midsummer. Very sudden, nobody saw it coming. And I looked at the company manager and I said, I'm going to this man's funeral. And she said, well, if you go, you can be fired and I can ask you for all of the money that we've given you because that's part of your contract. You're only allowed to leave if it's an immediate family member. And I said, that's fine. I have it in a bank account. I've not been spending it. If you need that back, so I'm leaving for this man's funeral, I will leave. And they figured it out. And they had told other company members that they couldn't leave for other funerals, like a grandmother had died. That's not okay. Not that's, okay. That's not okay. That's not healthy either. 
No. I mean, that, that is not a healthy work environment. And it's not fair that that should be the case. No, not okay. So, I mean, some people, and there's many positions and agencies, both arts and non-arts, that have issues like this. You need to know for you, what do you need for this job to work for your life? Do you need to make X amount of dollars so that you can go travel and rescue puppies? Mm -hmm. That's kind of my goal because I need to be able to go travel and rescue puppies. Yeah, Um, same. (laughs) Like pay mortgage, pay bills, travel. Um, (laughs) So what does that look like for you? Yeah. And also taking into consideration, I mean, do you want to work for like a big corporate company? Do you want to work for a smaller mom and pop local small business? Do you want to work for yourself? Yeah, exactly. Because all of these things have both benefits and cons. I've done all of the above and working for myself, I love the freedom of it. The consistency of pay and benefits, Mm. Uh, working for a small, homegrown, small business, it's a really, for the most part, a really welcoming family-like environment, and it's a place where you can probably really find yourself and find comfort, but they're not always able to offer things like a 401k with 8% matching and all of these types of things that are important to consider. And then the corporate environments, which do offer those things can be less personal, but it also depends on the individuals and the, uh, you know, what comes down from the top and the environment that they're trying to build. So it really, it just depends on what the organization wants to focus on and where you feel like uh, your skills and needs fit in. Skills and needs. Getting a job, finding a new job, finding a new career is not just about what you can do for them but also about what they can do for you because it's your life. Lifestyle has to weigh in if you're going to be happy. It is your life. And if you walk away from a job, they are totally going to replace you. Your job is not your life unless you're an entrepreneur. And then, well, it kind of is, but. (laughs) Right. But I read an article Oh, Beth sent me a link to this article a couple of months ago titled, Your Job Will Not Love You Back. We will link it. We will find it and we will link it. So however you're watching or hearing this, check it out. Yeah, it's important because the people may love you and you may have strong relationships with them. And we hope you're forming strong relationships with your colleagues because you have to see them and work with them every day and collaborate with them. But your job, the job itself is not going to love you back. If you walk out the door and never come back, it doesn't matter to your job. They're just going to find another body to replace you. 
because that's just how it is. It's a machine. Unfortunately, they just need to keep going. So, you know, understanding that your job will not love you back is really, really important as you're trying to move forward. Agreed. We've talked through a lot of stuff today. How to know the things that you love. What are some of those things for us as people who've transitioned through arts management and feel comfortable with the thing that you love? It's okay. That's going to be your anchor. The things that you are good at, feel comfortable with either asking a friend, ask someone you love, ask someone you hate. I think that'll give you some real good honesty anyways. It's true. And thinking about the kind of life that you want. These things are going to help you find your next career. So some options include some things we talked about today. Project managing, marketing, communications. Maybe it's training and development. Maybe it's building your own company. All of these things have pros and cons, but transitioning from an arts management job is totally doable. And hopefully this helps you feel more comfortable and confident in your journey. Thank you for joining us today on Out of the Arts Podcast. If you have questions or want to see specific content, please leave a comment or email podcast at outofthearts.com. See you next time. And until then, we are rooting for you.